This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. If you have a Bible, go to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. And for the sake of time, I'm going to jump right in. We're changing the order of service today. If you're like, wait a second, I thought we always sing another song before the message. We're going to sing a brand new new song at the end of the service in response in worship. And so we'll actually do our tithes and our offerings at the end after the message. And we'll sing a brand new song. And we're going to respond to the message together today. Does that sound good? But I want to continue our series that we've been on called The Face of What? grace, talking about grace, preaching about grace at Zoe Church. We believe that grace has a name and his name is Jesus because grace is a person. Jesus is the embodiment of grace. And I want to continue on this thought in this series. If you are new or you you haven't caught up with all the messages, get on our app, download the Zoe app, catch up on all the podcasts and, uh, and let's, let's grow in grace together. Amen. So let's go here, John chapter 1, I'm going to read some scriptures, and then I'll give you the title of today's message, John chapter 1, verse 16, just three verses this morning. This is the gospel of John, he's writing, he says, out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already. Verse 17, for the law was given through Moses, and grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the, own, the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made known to him. Verse 17, for emphasis this morning, we're going to really land on here, the two camps. For the law was given through, who is the person the law was given through? Moses. So Moses gave the law. The law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came, Jesus came, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. I want to preach a message. You can write down the title. It's called Living Under Grace. Living Under Grace. And I want to declare to your life, whether you realize it or not, we are under the canopy. We are under the umbrella. We are under the regime of grace. We're living under this thing. And I'm believing that when you leave here today, you will be excited. You will be liberated. You will feel joy about living under the reality of grace. I want to say we are not under the law, but we are under grace. I want to pray and believe that God will come and encourage us and speak to us this morning. One more time, let's bow our heads. Jesus, we worship you. We thank you for our church. We thank you so much for these moments that we can gather on a Sunday morning and hear about your love and witness of your gratefulness, your, great, your, your greatness, God. We thank you that you are for us, not against us. You are with us. God, we are believing on a morning like today that you will speak Open up our eyes so we can see Jesus. Open up our ears so we can hear the Holy Spirit. Do something unique and profound in this moment and in this setting. We love you more than life itself. And God, we're praying that this year the Dodgers will win the World Series. The Lakers will win the NBA championship. And God, we thank you that the Rams will at least go to the playoffs in Jesus' name. And we all said together, I mean, let's not get greedy, guys. Let's not believe for the Super Bowl. Let's just go for the playoffs first, okay? Come on, put your hands together if you love Jesus. One more time. Come on, let's thank God for who he is. Amen. Um, I don't know if, if your dad ever spoke to you in these kind of terms. 
Like I, I grew up with a father that was kind of always lording over us with these in my house. You're going to act this way. You're going to obey this way. I don't know if you grew up with a dad that kind of had this jargon, this terminology. My dad would often say to me, like I was in high school, I'd always go by the fridge, open up the fridge, take the 2% milk. Like who drinks 2% anymore? But I used to take the 2% milk jug and I just start drinking that thing. My dad would always walk up and be like, son, as long as you're under my roof, you're not just going to drink from the cart and get yourself a glass. Like my dad would just, I remember this one time, it was very cold where I grew up in Seattle, Washington. And I used to, I, I hate being cold to this day. I love warmth. I love blankets. I want to feel hot. That's why I moved to Los Angeles. And so I remember my dad came in the winter and in our rooms, we each, each kid, we got to control the temperature. We had a thermostat that would control the temperature. And temperature. So I remember I used to always turn mine up to 10. 10 was as hot. I want it as hot as it will go. Why would you settle for seven? Why would you be in the 70s or the 80s or the 90s when you can get your room to 100 degrees? People have problems. So I remember my dad came up one time and he was so upset and he's yelling at me. He's like, you're going to burn our house down. What's wrong with you? And he's like, as long as you're under my roof, you will keep it at seven. He like slams my door, goes back downstairs. And as soon as he goes back downstairs, turn it back to 10. You know what I'm saying? Like just, but he's always saying that like under my roof, when you're, when you're on, on, under my, you know, authority you're gonna when you grow up you can do whatever you want but as long as you're under me I was talking to this football uh, player friend of ours and he was playing a couple years ago a few years ago he was playing for the Seattle Seahawks and we know that the Seattle Seahawks the coach of the Seahawks is none other than the legend Pete Carroll Pete Carroll my favorite coach at the NFL hands down and Pete Carroll's just he's an energy guy he's upbeat he's like he's an encourager he's just got more and he's I think he's in his 70s now and he's just an encourager and I remember my friend he was so devastated because he had been traded from the Seahawks to another NFL team. And so I remember we got together for breakfast the morning he was supposed to leave and we prayed together. We believe that's going to be a better locker room and a better situation. And you know, I, all the time I'm praying, I don't believe any of it. I'm like, you, you, you just lost out. You have to go from the Seahawks to another team. It's going to be terrible. So, so I'm, but I'm believing with him, right? So a couple days into him being in his new team, I remember getting on the phone with him and I'm like, how's it going? And he's like, it is the worst thing ever. He's like, this is the total opposite a culture, total opposite locker room than Pete Carroll. Like Pete Carroll has nothing but positivity. There's music, there's fun, there's laughter. There's all kind of games within the game. He's like, this guy, this coach, this team, it's boring. It's terrible. The coach is mad. The coach got us all players together. And he said, hey, guess what? Football, football's not for fun. You used to have fun when you were in peewee, but now you're a professional. He goes, all Pete Carroll told us was we were just going to have a bunch of fun. He's like, but now I'm under this guy and under this regime and it's the worst. I want to preach this morning about how we are out of the regime of law and we are now under the authority of grace. Come on, everybody thankful today that you are not under the old but you are now under the new. And I want to show you the, dif the difference between what it means to be under grace and what it means to be under the law. Now, we know that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they were before the law. All of the promises that came to Abraham, they were before law. So you watch how God told Abraham the, of, of righteousness and grace and blessing. But remember, when, when, when God's people, the Israelites, were delivered out of Egypt, out of bondage, out of slavery... When God delivered them, as they wandered in the wilderness, the Israelites asked for the law. 
So Moses goes up to Mount Sinai and he receives on the tablets, he receives the law from God. In fact, the Bible says when he receives the law, thou shalt, thou shalt, you shall not, you shall not. It says when he came down and he actually gave the law for the first time, it says when he preached the law, 3,000 people died. Let me show you the difference between Moses and grace. The Bible says that when Jesus rose from the grave and the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples, when they received the life of the Spirit of God, the first time Peter preached, 3,000 people were saved. Because Moses, when he preached the law, he said, you shall not, you shall not, you shall not. But when the disciples preached about Jesus, they said, he is, he is, he is. Come on, anybody thankful today that we are not under the law, but anybody grateful this morning that we are under the authority, the regime, and the canopy of grace. I'm going to just give you a few thoughts today on the law. And I want to teach you that we are not under the law. We've been delivered from it. The law came through Moses, but grace came through Jesus. In fact, just look at that picture. Grace came. Jesus came. He came then. He's coming to you this morning. Jesus comes. Grace never waits for you to come. Grace comes to you. Grace came through Jesus. Let me just tell you about the law. Write down point number one. Number law. It's on my mind today, guys. The law couldn't, wouldn't, hasn't, and it never will. The law, it just, it never could. It never will. It hasn't. It doesn't have the ability to do it. All the law did was teach us how bad we are. All the law did was tell us how terrible we are. In fact, let me just give you a list of what the law says to you and I. Here's what the law does in our life. Let me just put up a list. The law reveals sin but cannot fix it. The purpose of the law was to increase sin. The law is good, perfect, and holy but cannot help you be good, perfect, or holy. Watch this. The law makes you sinful beyond measure. The law, it is weak. Anywhere the law is preached, it produces a mind hardening and a heart hardening veil. Go to the next one. The law frustrates grace. The law curses all who practice it and fail to do it perfectly. The law was a curse that Christ redeemed us from. The law, if, it, if the law worked, God wouldn't have used it to save us, but he didn't. God has found fault with it and created a better covenant and acted on better promises. Come on. It is obsolete. It is growing old. It is ready to vanish. It is only a shadow of good things to come, and it will never make someone perfect. I'm talking about the law. The law came through Moses. It's fading away. It's vanishing. It is weak. It frustrates grace. Let me just declare to you today, you are not under the law. You are under grace. The law, it actually taught you how bad you are, how sinful you are. It gave you a craving to want to do righteousness, but it never gave you the power to do righteousness. The law was, it never has, it never will, it can't deliver. There was a better promise and it came in Jesus. The law came through Moses, but grace came through Jesus. It never can. It never will. It doesn't have the power. It's not capable to deliver. I, a couple weeks ago, I was playing uh, in Australia. I was playing ping pong with Pastor Rich Jr., who's coming to preach at the conference. And Pastor Rich is one of my favorite people in the whole world. You're going to love his preaching. I mean, Rich Jr. is one. Of, I mean, he is a prolific preacher. He's a wonderful leader. He's an executive producer of television shows. He looks like a model. He just, he just, there's something about this guy. But one thing he is not is that guy is not an athlete. I mean, it just shocks me. He is not an athlete. 
So we get down to, to Australia and in his offices, he put in this new ping pong table. He went out and bought an expensive ping pong uh, 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 paddle. And, and, and we, we saw this table there in Australia and he's like, come on, let's play ping pong. I'm going to whoop your tail. And I'm like, Rich, you're not an athlete. It's not going to happen. So we get there and we start playing. And I'm telling you, I take him to town. Like I just whoop him. He's like, let's play again. Fine. Let's play again. And every beat him again. Beat him. Let's switch sides. Let's switch sides. So I just keep whooping his tail, whooping his tail. Finally, after whooping him five times, we walk out and I'm like, hey, just a heads up. You will never beat me in any competition when it comes to sports. I don't care if it's golf. I don't care if it's basketball. I don't care if it's badminton. You are not an athlete. Let me just tell you about the law this morning. The law never will deliver. It it can't. It doesn't have the capability. It doesn't have the power. Come on, everybody, thankful today that we are not under the law. We are under grace. Somebody say amen. amen. This is very important that you understand. I'm making my wife laugh. That's winning. <laughs> but it's so important that we understand how the law can't deliver because most of us, here's, here's the issue with a lot of our faith. We put all of our faith in Jesus for salvation and then we walk back to the law and we believe ourselves for sanctification. So we go, okay, grace, yep, Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I'm good. I've got everlasting life. So Jesus gives me my salvation. He gives me my victory over death. I know I'm going to heaven. So I'm going to trust Jesus for salvation, but I'm going to look to myself for sanctification. So here's what we do. We march ourselves from the cross all the way back into the law. I want to encourage you this morning that you and I, it's we're going to stay at grace. We're going to live in grace. We're never going back to that old thing, the law again. We've been delivered from it. We've been justified from it. Come on, somebody put your hands together and thank God that it's grace here and it's grace there. In fact, write down point number two today. I love this thought. Don't try and use the law. Your judgment is behind you. Don't try and use the law. Some of us, what we do is we receive and trust Jesus for salvation, and then we come back here and we feel like we've got we've to follow the law, obey the law, do the law, and if I do, if I act, if I be this way, then I'm going to get favor, I'm going to get righteous, I'm going to get grace, and so we trust him for salvation, but then we try and work the law to our advantage. Let me declare to you this morning, you never have to go back to the law, because in Christ, by faith in Jesus, you are now the righteousness of God. You can't get more righteous than you are today. In fact, the Bible says that your righteousness before the Lord, even when you try hard, it's as filthy rags before God. In other words, all you're trying, all you're striving, it will never amount to righteousness because our righteousness is a received righteousness. Our righteousness is an imputed righteousness. Our righteousness, can, can you write these two words down? We have imputed righteousness and we have grown righteousness. You may say, what is the difference between imputed righteousness and grown righteousness? In other words, the moment you say yes to Jesus, you become righteous before God. The moment you say yes to Jesus, you are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are made right before God. You can be bold before God. You can actually approach the throne room. You can ask God for anything you want. Your conscience can be wiped away from all of your guilt and your shame. In fact, in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, God used to say under the law, I will remember the sins of your life to the third and the fourth generations. But in the New Covenant in grace, Jesus says, I will remember your sins no more. So your sins have been washed away. Your sins have been forgiven. You have an imputed righteousness from Christ. And actually the Holy Spirit is giving you a grown righteousness. 
So in other words, grace comes in your world and makes you righteous and then actually teaches you how to walk in this righteousness. It's like getting a jacket on that you don't fit in and grace starts to fill you out to get comfortable in your new righteous living, in your new righteous lifestyle. Don't you go back to the law. You will be frustrated your whole life. You'll be, listen, right believing leads to right behaving. So in other words, when I believe right and I believe correctly about myself, who I am in Jesus, my identity in Christ, that I am the righteousness of God, I will then behave correctly. The law could never give me the power to behave correctly. Some of us will live our whole life frustrated, feeling condemned, feeling judged. Watch what the law does. The law comes in our world and condemns us. It shames us. It tells us how bad we are. And if you live that life, you will always be be trying to please a judge that is not mad at you. You will always approach carefully a judge that has already pardoned your iniquities. Don't you let the law tell you that the judge is mad at you. Don't you let the law tell you that the wrath of God is for you. Can I tell you something today? God in grace, he disciplines the ones that he loves, but in the law, you were punished for your sins. We are no longer punished for our sins, but we get disciplined by grace. Somebody thank God that you are not under the law, but you are under grace. If you live this way, here's what you'll do. You'll try and obey the law because you think that a judge is in front of you, that its judgment is coming, that I'm going to see a judge, so I've got to act, I've got to behave, I've got to do more, tithe more, act more, read more, and I've I got to, because the judge is coming. Your judgment is in the past. I was on a plane this last week, and I love one of my favorite things to do in the airport is I buy Mentos in the USA Today. And so I was crushing my Mentos one at a time. Nobody just eats a Mentos and puts them in the bag, okay? You eat the whole thing as fast as you can. So I was crushing my Mentos and reading the paper, and on the front page, you know, this last week was the O.J. Simpson trial and, 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 and the, the new trial. And it was saying on the front, it, it was going through all the characters of the O.J. Simpson trial from 1995, and it was going through and showing where are they now, Cato Kalin and Marsha Clark and Mark Furman and all the people that we know, Johnny Cochran, all the people from 1995, the judge was in the past. Can I encourage you today? Your judgment is not coming. Your judgment already happened when Jesus died on the cross and took the iniquity and took the shame and took the guilt. Come on, don't you try and work the law. The law will never work for you. Come on, won't you receive the, the fact today that you have been forgiven, you have been made whole, and you are now righteous. Oh, I love this. A lot of us don't get this because we hear this this sound in our ear that's like, I'm bad, I'm, I'm terrible. The, the, the enemy, by, by the way, the Bible says of the devil that he is the accuser of the brethren. In other words, what the, what the devil loves to do is point his finger and accuses you for your, your guilt, accuses you for your shame. And so you have to be very careful in your life that you don't give ear to the, to the wrong voice. Now, understand this. I just want to talk about the devil for a moment because it's very important that we understand who he is. Now, the Bible says that the devil, he searches around like a devouring lion looking for those whom he can destroy. So the devil wants to find people that he can take out, wants to find people that he can destroy. That's his role. Now, you have to be very careful that you don't allow the devil, the accuser of the brethren, don't give him too much ear don't listen to his voice because that's what leads to a frustrated world, a frustrated life that can't receive grace because you're dealing with the conflict. 
Now, I love this verse here. Watch in Proverbs. I want to put up this verse about the, the sound of the king's voice. Listen to this. It says, the wrath of a king is like the roaring of a lion. The wrath of a king is like the sound of a roaring lion. I wish, I wish that Mufasa was here this morning. Come on. But the wrath of a king is like the sound of a roaring lion. Now, it's so important to understand that, that you and I are on the same page about the enemy. He is the master of deception. He actually knows how to manipulate himself to act or hide behind something else. And so a lot of times the devil, he will try and act like a king and act like a lion and get in your ear and tell you how bad you are and how guilty you are and how terrible you are. But I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that there's a greater king, the king of all kings. And when grace gets in my ear, it tells me I'm justified. I am righteous. I am made whole. I am forgiven. I am chosen. I'm anointed. Come on, put your hands together and thank God. You do not have to listen to the wrong lion, but you can listen to the right lion. In fact, write that down. Point number three, listen to the roar of the right lion. Listen to the roar. Can you hear heaven roaring in your ear? Heaven telling you, you are justified. You are made whole. You are forgiven. You are, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Don't let that fake voice, don't let that law voice creep in and start telling you, you're going to get, you're going to get punished for what you just did. You're going to face major consequences for what you just did. Oh, 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 you better start getting in that law. You better start acting right. No, in the grace canopy, in living under grace means I don't have to strive for greatness. I receive greatness. I don't have to strive or perform anymore. The law will make you perform. You got to be a good Christian. You got to perform. You got to give. You got to do this. You got to do that. No, when I'm under grace, I left the law and now my whole life is by faith. By faith, I'm justified. By faith, I'm made whole. By faith, I am righteous. It's not my doing, it's Christ's doing. And so now I just trust in Jesus and I receive from Jesus. Come on, put your hands together and thank God. Give him a big amen if you're grateful for the righteousness of God. Oh, I love this. Look at this verse here. I love this so much. I hope this is encouraging someone because I really believe that if we can get under grace, we'll live a greater life. Go, go to Galatians chapter 2, verse 16. Galatians 2, 16. It says, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, but by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. Do you see what the Bible's teaching us, church? The Bible's teaching us that the only way we are justified, the only way we are made right, it is actually by faith in Jesus. And when you put your faith in Jesus, you are immediately justified. You are made righteous. And so I live my life with an imputed righteousness and a grown righteousness. And all of this is grace. Don't you walk back to law. Don't you have one foot in the grace camp and another foot in the law camp? And you're like, well, part of the week I'm, I got to do stuff in law, but then when I worship, I'm grace. Don't you do it. You just say, I am over here. I'm under this roof. I'm under Jesus's authority. I'm under the blood of the cross. I am under grace. The, the, the wrong lion will always try and lure you back into a futile attempt to fulfill what the law says. It will try and lead you back into what the old covenant is. By the way, those that have yes, yet to profess Jesus and say yes to Jesus, if you are not a Christian, you are still under the law. 
In fact, you don't get in under Jesus and grace until you say yes to Jesus. And so the world is under, what is the law? Hopeless, wrath, condemnation, guilt. So you wonder why the world struggles and feels terrible about themselves. It's because they're still under the law. But when you and I say yes to Jesus, we are made righteous. We are justified by putting our faith in him. Come on, anybody thankful today that we're not under the law. Come on, we're under grace. I love this so much. And I believe I can watch so many of our lives shifting because I believe this. If you believe right, you'll behave right. Watch the difference between our generosity. Under the law, the law says 10%. But under grace, it just says we give freely. We give. A grace-born heart stops walking by the law 10%. It goes over and above and beyond 10%. Because now it's by grace that I give. It's not by law. I've left the law. The law was futile. It couldn't deliver. It wouldn't deliver. It will never deliver. I'm under grace. I'm justified. I'm righteous. I'm living with grace. I have grace in my life. Grace is empowering me. Grace has given me the desire. It's giving me the ability. Grace is at work in my life. I'm under the authority of grace. And when you've got grace at work in your world, you go above and beyond because it's by faith now. My whole life is by faith. Everything I do is by faith. In fact, write down the last point. I love this, and I, I want to leave the law just to get to grace for a moment. Here's the last point of today. Grace will grow your life. Oh, I love this. Worship team, you can come join me. But I want to say this to our church. Grace will grow our church. Grace will grow your life. Grace will grow your business. Grace will grow. Listen, it's almost like a, a, a plant owner that owns a plant. And when you get a plant, gets the plant and brings the plant, the plant owner puts it in the right pot. The plant owner is responsible for watering it, getting in the right environment, pulling any weeds that might grow or anything that's bad, anything that's toxic. I want to tell you today, it is not your job to grow your life. Grace will grow you. Grace will actually take you to new levels. Grace will take you to new heights. The law says you got to get your act together. The law says you better do more. The law says you better save more. You better do more. You better give more. But when you're in grace, grace does all the work. Grace comes in and I receive sanctification. I receive the Holy Spirit. I receive the power of grace. And grace is working in me. And I'm not punished. I am disciplined. And grace just starts growing my world and growing my life. Growing my faith. Growing my trust in God. Growing my confidence in Christ. It's just growing me and growing me. And I've got more trust. And I've got more freedom. And I've got more joy. And I've got more love. Why? Because grace is growing these things. Now watch here in Galatians chapter 2. One of my favorite verses in all of the Bible. Galatians 2. It's the last verse I want to concentrate on. Go and put it up there. Is it not Galatians chapter 2? I have been crucified with Christ. Galatians 2. For I through the law died that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but it's Christ that lives in me. Grace lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and he gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness came through the law, then Christ died in vain. What a beautiful, beautiful verse. If righteousness would have come through the law, then everything that Jesus Christ did on the cross, it was completely in vain. 
But there is only a righteousness that is not from the law. This righteousness comes from Jesus. I have been crucified with Jesus. I don't even live anymore. It's now it's Christ. It's grace that's living in me. I want to encourage you today. Grace is taking over your world. Grace is taking over your life. It's literally overpowering you as you just say yes to grace. And as you say yes to grace, grace is growing and raising up your life. Can you sense it, church? Come on, do you believe it, church? It's not you, it's grace. Grace is at work today. Grace is speaking today. Grace is alive today. Come on, it's not our own merit. It's not our own effort. Come on, grace is doing something. Come on, somebody thank God today for the gift of grace. Just stand to your feet. Just stand. I want to read some statements about grace. We looked at what the law couldn't do. Let's look together at what grace can do. Look at these. It says grace grows stronger and stronger, but the law fades. Grace takes weaknesses and transforms them into strengths. Grace makes us righteous beyond measure. Grace faces the power of sin and is able to redeem destructiveness of sin. Grace teaches us to overcome. Grace gives us the desire and the ability to do the will of God. Grace gives us unmerited favor and undeserved blessings. Grace makes us righteous before God, fully confident before him. Come on, somebody put your hands together and let's thank God today. Come on, we can be a little bit louder than that. Anybody grateful today for grace? We're not under the law. The law came through Moses. Grace came through Jesus. I'm not going to find my salvation in Jesus and go back to the law for my sanctification. Everything I need to grow my life, it is all in Jesus. Grace will do it. Come on, put your hands together one more time. And let's thank God today that we're under the right authority. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you are inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.